0: It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's gonna be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into to 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Oh,
1: throws, and yes, caught. Touchdown get he it!
2: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Recapping the weekend that was, and uh, it was an interesting one. A good one for the Utah State football team. And this morning, uh, not a bad one for the Utah State men's basketball team either. Yeah. Getting a little bit of love on a national scale.
1: Yeah, things are looking really up for Utah State fans. A great week, not a perfect weekend. I did have the women's basketball team falling, although a lot closer game. They fell to Arkansas State over the weekend, but I think they only lost by six or seven.
2: It was single digits. I remember that. It was more competitive. And it was on the road, too. So yes. it's like
1: you're trying to recover. It's still a loss, and it still has some worrying, but still recovering from a kind of a disastrous back-to-back series of games. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. I'm still rooting for them. I'm hoping they can turn around and become somewhat successful. But aside from that, things could hardly have gone much better for fans of sports around the Valley. Obviously, you go into the weekend with uh, – The men's basketball team winning on Thursday, and then you know you got Utah State football winning Saturday, and then you know Jazz back-to-back wins against two you know teams in the top of the Western Conference, Uh, regain the top spot in the Western Conference at 12 and six, and uh, then also you know coming out of the weekend, uh, looking at you know you. Last week, I was looking at bowl projections, and I couldn't find Utah State in any of them. They're in pretty much all of them now. Now they're there. <laughs> and then, obviously, uh, Utah State, as you said, getting some love from, uh, from at least one national <laughs> writer and, uh, for men's basketball.
2: Yeah, so the uh, AP uh, Top 25 poll for men's basketball was released today, and the uh, most recent one for this week. And Utah State got one vote. Yep. So in in one person's ballot that was submitted, Utah State came in at number twenty five.
1: Yep. So nice. Yeah, I I hadn't thought. I I mostly looked because I was like, well, what the heck? Maybe they're in there, and they were right toward the end there. I was like, all right, there we go. Because I was also in the middle of, or maybe had just done my um, I'm doing like every every. Monday morning I check a bunch of different uh, computer rankings and I compile them into an average ranking, and I've been putting that out on my Twitter. So if you're following me, you'll have seen that. Um, but then after looking at that, where Utah State jumped up in some of those rankings, um, check the AP poll. There we go. Getting some love in the, in the one, well, I mean, a lot of people reference Ken Palm, but, you know. AP poll is a little more prestigious.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Utah State 48 in Ken Palm this morning. Uh, But uh, San Diego State coming in at number 17, unmoved from where they were last week, 19 in the coaches, same spot. Uh, UNLV with uh, getting five points in the uh, AP poll. And I don't see them in the coaches. So uh, you got three schools getting some attention in the uh, Mountain West in these national polls.
1: I think I was a little surprised that UNLV got the the five points. I was trying to think. Let's see. Because UNLV, when I looked at the, the computer rankings, they're ranked as, what, the fifth best team? The average rank in all these computer rankings from is 87.5.
2: Yeah, Ken Palm would have them as the s- number six team yeah. out of the Mountain West.
1: So UNLV did jump a lot. Their average rank jumped by 15.5 ranks or points or whatever. Them based on these these four different computer rankings that I'm averaging. So they certainly jumped up and, and had a pretty pretty good week. In fact, several teams in the Mountain West had some pretty good weeks. New Mexico, uh, Colorado State, UNLV, they had some of the biggest jumps. Um, but it was a little surprising for me because I, I didn't expect to see any of their Mountain West teams in the in the in that others receiving votes. And all of a sudden I was double-checking it um, just to see if anybody else was there and Good thing I did because that's when I caught UNLV. I just wasn't expecting to see them there.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, UNLV, their week um, had them beating Dayton. And that's probably a big part of it. I mean, yeah, that, Dayton was a top 25 team at the time. Yeah,
1: that probably got them. There were probably two two or three voters that put them in. It's only based off that, probably. And
2: that's really that's it because they beat Southern, they beat Incarnate Word, and they beat High Point. So, really, it's on the strength of that one game.
1: Yeah, and and beating ranked teams will get you that. Utah State, obviously, uh, not having that marquee win and probably won't have it unless they beat, you know, San Francisco. Oral Roberts isn't going to jump off the page to anybody, although should not be overlooking Oral Roberts. They are a team that uh, can present some real challenges to Utah State. So, Utah State may not get a ton of love in the AP poll, other than just continuing to win. If you start eight or nine and oh, that's probably going to put Utah State into the tail end of the top twenty five. There's not any single game that'll jump them up into the top twenty five the way UNLV was able to.
2: Right. Yeah, and that that's kind of the the the, the, the downfall of this non conference schedule of USU. There really aren't any opportunities for quad one wins or top level premier grab your attention games. Uh, even when if things line up to get the best possible outcome in the Head Classic, even then it's not really anything premier. Best opportunity for quad one wins is when you get into conference play and have San Diego State. There might be another team uh, when you go on the road that could be in that top 75 out of the Mountain West. Uh, but opportunities for quad one wins are going to be pretty slim for USU. They're going to yeah. have a lot of Q2 quad two games but uh quad one victories will be hard to come by
1: yeah right now your your quad one games are san diego state um twice and then depending on where any team ranks them because boise state right now is kind of on that edge there's 72 in this average ranking i have and you have a couple and you have three teams that are kind of on the edge in the 80s so it's going to depend on where the any team and that's obviously the, the one road game so you could have I think the most quad one games Utah State could have this season is four. That's probably your max. Minimum's probably two, unless San Diego State absolutely just dives, which they probably won't. So yeah, you're looking at, you know, between two and four.
2: Right, Colorado State, Boise State, you know, they'll need to continue to move up. Yeah, um, if
1: if UNLV are in Nevada, because Nevada is, you know, they've been holding steady and rising a little bit. So like I said, it's... It depends on the road games with Boise State, Nevada. And I forget. I don't know if the, if they're playing all these teams. I forget well, which teams are only playing once.
2: Yeah, that's true. And it'll have to be. Uh, a, they'll have to be a top 75 team on the road. Yeah. To be considered, that's your best chance. So for a quad one game, yeah. otherwise you'd have to be in the top 30 in the Mountain West when they come to Logan. Yeah. Which could happen with San Diego State.
1: Yeah, it probably will happen with San Diego State. But, yeah, there's there's a few teams that will be on the edge of that 75, and it will just depend on how they finish. So you'll need a route for the Boise States and the UNLVs and the Nevadas to be good so you can get maybe another win. So Utah State does run.
2: go to Boise. Uh, they go to – they have San Diego State home and home. Uh, they go to Colorado State, uh, and they do play at UNLV.
1: They play at Nevada?
2: Uh, Let's see. Nevada, yes. They have a home-and-home with Nevada. Okay. And they play at Wyoming. So Wyoming's kind of got off to a little bit of a shaky start, but they can still turn it around. They have the talent to pick up a bunch of wins, and there's a chance they could move up and be in that position.
1: Yeah, I think the issue is just with EK being out, it's rough for them. And they'll be a deceptively hard team because on the resume, it won't look as hard as that game actually will be. Because when EK comes back, they're a much better
2: team. Uh, going to our full-court press text line, 435-339-0321, if you want to weigh in. Uh, this came this morning. I think this text was sent after those polls were released, uh, the rankings. But uh, 7966 says, USU, among others, are receiving votes in latest college basketball AP poll. My prediction is that if they win the next three games, including beating San Francisco on December 4th, they'll be ranked in the top 25 when the poll comes out the following day on December 5th um
1: it's certainly possible it'll depend it'll depend on other teams losing
2: yeah I think that's that's where I'm at it depends it'll be nice to have that many wins for Utah State but where there's not a top flight blue chip victory yet for usu San Francisco will be a solid really good win if they can get it but uh, like you said, it depends on what happens in front of them as much as what they do themselves. They'll yeah. move up, but I don't know if they'll crack the top 25 just yet.
1: Yeah, because here's the thing. If you do a full ranking based off of points, y- including the others receiving votes, and you rank them that way, well, Utah State comes in at tied for 43rd. So that tells you they're receiving votes, but they are far outside 25 at the moment.
2: Yeah, they got so, a ways to go.
1: Yeah, so they'll definitely move up, and they could – crack the top 25 but in you know go on you for making a prediction i won't i won't uh, begrudge you for doing that but i think that's almost too soon for me to be comfortable with them you know making it there obviously maybe i think they should crack the top 25 if they do that but as you said marquee wins keep them from jumping up you just basically have to accumulate wins so that they can't ignore you yeah. It's hard to have an 8 0 oh 9 or whatever the record will be at that point uh, undefeated that far in and not have consideration for the top 25. Yeah, that's
2: true. And if Utah State's beating teams by 15, 20 points every night, then, you know, that's that's another consideration that will go in their favor.
1: Yeah. The barely beating San Diego didn't help. I mean, it dropped them in the Ken Palm temporarily. They were 48 before the game, dropped to 50. Now they're back to 48 a couple days later. Right. <laughs> so, uh, If they're convincing wins, that'll probably help. But just being undefeated at that point, they'll probably be in the low 30s if they're undefeated through those games, but they'll be just on the edge. But again, if teams ahead of them lose, that'll kind of speed the process up. And It's tricky because a lot of teams in the top 25, they're winning a ton of games. They haven't gotten into their tough conference schedules yet. They haven't picked up a ton of losses. And so they're not going to lose as many games as you'd like them to for Utah State to jump ahead of them.
2: Yeah. Uh, Another text coming through, 9315. I really think we can beat Boise this week. Ike is a big key to doing it. I hope Ike is available. Yeah, he,
1: I don't know. I lean towards him not playing. I don't know if they want to risk him. I mean, granted, it's
2: always I almost, mean, there'll be some time between this game and whatever bowl game they have.
1: Yeah, the thing is, like, how much is he at risk for a long-term injury?
2: Well, that's true.
1: That'll be the main consideration. Because if you're talking about, you know, having him around for, you know, important games, like, well, at this point, every game. You're just trying to play every game you want to. Um, And if you end up kind of re-aggravating an injury that... You know, lingers into the off season. Okay, whatever. You got time to rest, fix it up, rehab, work toward the beginning of next season. If he's at risk of hurting himself, you know, in a degree that will not only hurt him next season but maybe hurt him for the rest of his life, that's where they hold him out and say, let's wait until the bowl game.
2: Yeah. So, Coach Anderson, today, uh, when I asked him, he said that he's day to day. Um, they hope to have him available by Friday morning. Just depends on how things progress over these next couple of days. But certainly having him available absolutely helps Utah State. Not having him, it hurts.
1: Yeah, he's he's been really good. He's been a turnover machine. He's been a big play machine. Um, and he's done very well. He's become a real threat on that defense. So any disadvantage you have, like you can't afford to, you know. Pile on more disadvantages when you're already a huge underdog.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so um, that'll certainly be one of the the personnel uh, that we'll be keeping an eye on if he's available or not. MJ Tafisi, will he be back or is he done? Um, Nice to have him if he is. um, Certainly, you have that experience on the road against a tough Boise State team. You really need all hands on deck, every available player you can get. But is it in the end, is it going to make a difference? Um, interesting to see the Vegas line. We talked about this last week and how it moved to Utah State's favor. and I mean, it was right to move in USU's yeah. favor. Credit to the betting line. They yeah. knew what
1: they were talking about.
2: But the game for this week has Boise State opening as a 16.5-point favorite, which yeah. that seems a, a bit aggressive for me. Well, I mean, Boise State winning by three
1: touchdowns is not out of the question at all. So, I don't think that's a bad line. Like, this is a good Boise State team. History suggests that Utah State does not play well in Boise. So, there's no reason to be super confident in Utah State. There was some reason to be confident in Utah State against San Jose State. They were playing at home. Um... And San Jose State had lost big the previous week. Granted, Aggies have a history of beating the Spartans. Yeah, and granted, I'd, I thought there were a lot of things that should have tipped the balance in San Jose State's favor because, I mean, I had them winning by, like, 11 points. So so clearly the, the, the Vegas Lions saw more than I was, where Utah State just has this ability to win games and make big plays, and they did that against San Jose. So, but but with this one, it's like, you know, What's going in Utah State's favor to help them be able to make this a closer game? There's like one thing that you can argue, and it could be significant, where Boise State doesn't really have anything to play for, theoretically. I don't know what they may be playing for in terms of a potential New Year's Six Bowl. Cause
2: yeah, it's probably going to Cincinnati or yeah. Tulane or UCF, one but of those three.
1: It's still a bit muddy that way, so maybe you could say they're playing for that. But assuming that's out of reach, then you could say, well, what's Boise State doing? It's like week, or I was going to say week 17 in the NFL or week 18 in the NFL, but now it's like week 19 or whatever. The final week of the NFL where half the teams don't play their starters or half the teams in the playoffs don't play their starters because there's no way they can change their seating. So you think that kind of logic with Boise State where, okay, we don't really care. We're just trying to stay healthy, be ready for the championship game next week. But even with that, I don't really think college football works that way. They want to win every game.
2: Yeah, it's true.
1: And and there's a bit of pride in that, and there's these rivalries. You know, if, if uh, I don't know, the Bills are playing whoever in, in their final game of the season, they don't care if they lose because all they're looking for is a Super Bowl. With Boise State, there's pride for them to not lose to Utah State, a team that they've dominated.
2: Right, there's there's more of a finite number of games in college football and each one still matters even if it's not going to change whether or not Boise State goes to a different bowl game or not for them it's they're going to the they're going to host the conference championship game uh in early December and so that's what's important to them to decide if they go to the LA bowl or not and if they don't go there they'll go somewhere else that's a decent bowl so A premier bowl game like a New Year Six, that's not going to happen. So there's some possibility that maybe Boise State uh, pulls back a little bit in this one, but I'm with you. I don't think that they will. I think this is – there's just only so many games, and this will be – well, it'll be interesting if they'll treat this game as their senior night, senior day, senior morning. (laughs) Or if they'll uh, do the conference championship game as that, since they know they get to host one more.
1: Yeah, they might do senior day anyway. Um, but yeah, I think just going back to them, you know, may or may not take this game seriously, I think just the way that wins and losses are different in college football than they are in the NFL. True. In the NFL, it's a just mathematical thing, that's it. Wins and losses, a bit of math in the back end as far as who you played and who you didn't. But it is a win and loss and a tie, and that's it. In college football, there's this weird, uh, you know, added on value to wins and losses, or, you know, so it's just different. So I, I, I have a hard time thinking that Boise State would really, you know, only go half speed in this game. They're gonna come out there and they're gonna try and kick Utah State in the teeth and get this game over with.
2: 435 339 0321. If you want to weigh in, 8968. Texting in, while I was sitting in the stands Saturday night, I was warming up the oven to cook crow if for no other reason to keep warm. By the way, I haven't seen a bowl bid yet. And I really wish the Aggies had played Boise State at the first of the year and BYU two weeks ago. Yeah, both, both teams, uh, Boise State and BYU, have had periods of time in their seasons where they were a shambles. Um, but it just happens to be that Utah State caught them on the off, on the other side of where they yeah. were.
1: Yeah, and Utah State played BYU when they were still kind of in shambles. And uh, obviously they'll play Boise State when both of them are kind of on their upswing. Utah State's pretty much playing their best football of the year right now, but Boise State kind of is too, so it's unfortunate yeah. that we matched up. Uh, I mean... In terms of fairness, they match up perfectly. Yeah, but in terms of what we'd like, maybe flip that around. Would have been
2: nice to face them earlier in the year when they were a whole kinds of they were a big time mess. Yeah,
1: there there's unfortunately a lot of what ifs with this season. Yes, and it it is sad when you have these, but it just you know you got to remember this team is you know when we look back you know in ten twenty years when I'm looking back on this year in Sports Reference I say oh twenty twenty two like there's not a ton. To, uh, you know, that you're going to remember fondly. and think, oh, that was the year they lost to Weber State, wasn't it? But I think one of the things you'll remember this year for is, oh, yeah, that's the year where they turned around and got bowl eligible. Sure, they finished, they could finish 7-6, and 6-7. Six, six and seven, Technically could still win eight games a season. It's true. But, I mean, you won't look at the record and say, oh, that was a good team. We'll remember this year for, that was a super resilient one that came back from a horrible start. And of the season all right.
2: Yeah, that's. I think mean, that's absolutely correct. And that's, you know, the mentality of this team and the coaching staff is that they want to finish with a winning record. They don't want to be just bowl eligible. Now that they're bowl eligible, the new rallying cry is, let's have a winning record. And they can still do that if they win this week uh, and if they win the bowl game. And so it's still very much in the cards for Utah State.
1: Yeah, one more win secures the winning season, so...
2: All right, more on that. Uh, Love to get your feedback as well. 435 339 0321.
3: Hi, this is James with White Pine Funerals. We are excited to host our annual holiday concert featuring a choir and musical ensemble by Jay Richards. All are welcome to attend free of charge. We extend a special invitation to anyone who is missing a loved one this holiday season. Food donations are encouraged at the door for the Cash Food Pantry. Back-to-back performances will take place at White Pine on Thursday, December 1st at 7 p.m. and 8.30 p.m. That's Thursday, December 1st at 7 p.m. or 8.30 p.m. We're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac Automatic Standby Generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac Automatic Standby Generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac Automatic Standby Generators power you can count on. Hey, Aggie fans. Looking for the best burger in town? Bring
0: the family to Prodigy Brewing and try out our signature Prodigy Supreme Burger or a wood-fired pizza. Need a smaller plate for the kids? Our kids' menu has you
1: covered. Whether you are out with the family or just want to catch the Aggies game with friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley, located at 25 West Center
0: Street in beautiful downtown Logan
2: thermo fisher scientific is hiring for their manufacturing distribution and warehouse team and that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career thermo fisher offers positions across multiple shifts competitive compensation health benefits paid time off bonuses and an excellent work environment help thermo fisher make the world healthier cleaner and safer visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search logan thermo fisher scientific is an equal opportunity employer are you a small business owner who's your bank this is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally without all the red tape by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank,
0: member FDIC. They never could play it, but they sure can talk about it. Eric Franson and Jason Walker on the Full Court Press.
2: Ah, uh, the cold weather is here, so make sure you have the right oil. And keep your car in tip-top shape, so get your oil changed at Valvoline Instant Oil Change across from Angie's on Main Street in Logan, 695 North Main in Logan. Uh, Utah State basketball getting a vote in the AP Top 25 poll. Uh, Utah State football getting bowl eligible. So uh, pretty solid weekend in, uh, in those terms for Utah State athletics. Um, and let's... The uh, Utah State men's basketball team, uh, they're they're home. They will face Oral Roberts tomorrow. And we could spend a little bit more time talking about them tomorrow. But um, this is a team that continues to find ways to win and have other guys help out. Uh, Any guesses on who the the next guy is to lead Utah State in scoring tomorrow? Um, Because it's been four games and four different Aggies lead the team in scoring so far.
1: Max Shulga hasn't done it yet, has he?
2: So, it's been Ashworth, So, is Bearstow,
1: Ashworth, Funk,
2: and Akin. And Akin. In that order.
1: Well, maybe Shulga's turn is next. Possibly. This is probably going to be the game, though, that we have a duplicate. It's probably going to be like Funk again. Or, but actually, I couldn't tell you. Again, there's like five players that could realistically lead the team in scoring. Shulga, Bearstow, Ashworth. Akin was probably not in the on the top of the list of guys I thought would lead the team in scoring. With how often he gets to the free throw line and his ability to kinda of clean up uh, you know, baskets or, you know, drop off passes, kinda of like Bean in his earlier career where he wasn't creating any offense for himself. But he'd still go off for twenty and ten every now and again just because.
2: Right. There weren't any plays drawn up for Justin Bean. He was just active and made things happen. Yeah. And uh and that's how he would get to those double doubles. Most every night, yeah, just being active and making things happen.
1: He was like one of the best cutters in the nation, and was also an incredibly impressive offensive rebounder and obviously putting the ball back in off those offensive rebounds. So, so I mean, Atkins probably not going to do that a ton, but still, like, again, there's you know, around five guys you could realistically see leading the team in scoring. Ryland, Ryland Jones will probably one of these days get hot from 3 again, maybe put up 20 points. Max is going to have a day where he's the leading scorer and Ashford's probably going to pull another one of those 20-point games out, you know, seemingly out of nowhere. Although it's not going to be as much out of nowhere cuz we yeah. <laughs> we kind of see it coming sometimes yeah. now. That's it's we not, have really, the not really yeah, it's not really random anymore. Um so yeah, there's there's an offense that you can get from a bunch of different places and they're all good. It's not like you have a bunch of average scores is you have several good scores, Maybe not an elite score, and maybe that's like the the ceiling that Utah State has, the lack of an elite score, but these guys are better scorers than I was giving them credit for. Max Shulga, good score, good shooter. Taylor Funk, I had decent expectations for him, and he's exceeding them. <laughs> which is nuts. I was expecting him to average like 15 points a game, be a decent leading scorer. He's at 18.3 points right now. Yeah, he's very shooting, solid. And he's shooting well. And in Ashworth, I think I was expecting him at like 9 points. Points per game this season, maybe 10, and he's at, like, you know, 15, 16. I forget where he's at. He was averaging, like, 18 before the San Diego game, and it would have gone down since he only had, like, 10. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he, he's going to be up there. He's probably going to end up winning sixth man of the year in the Mountain West. Or well, maybe not because the Mountain West awards are stupid. Yeah,
2: they're kind of weird. Uh, 2947 texting in. Definitely a massive year of chaos and what-ifs for Aggie football. That said, we figured out a lot of things and should be moving forward. One of the biggest turning points was Coach Anderson finally swallowing his pride and benching Bonner. Future is brighter for sure, and Coach Anderson, along with the rest of the program, is growing.
1: Anderson didn't swallow his pride and bench Bonner. Bonner
2: broke his foot. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, the only person who took Bonner out of the game was an injury. Was was the doctor? <laughs> yeah, the doctor. You can't go
1: out there with a scooter. But I think other than that, you obviously I agree that there's, um, you know, there's some big points for this team going forward, and they played a lot of youth. So unless true, that, unless true. that youth all decides to transfer for whatever reason, which don't know why they would, they got to play a bunch, and I don't know if they got enough attention to transfer. The only guy you could maybe say might transfer is Ike Larson, but. I don't know. That's something you can only speculate about. But he's also the hometown kid. So,
2: but yeah, you look at uh, the the there was there aren't very many seniors that are leaving. And there are guys who have an extra year of eligibility that are sticking around. You got uh, a lot of young players who got stuck into uh, plugged into a lot of different roles, and that's part of the growing pains of this team this year. Uh, inexperience, but. Um, but there's a lot of experience that will be coming back potentially next season. Could be really exciting.
1: Yeah, guys that normally, when you're developing them, you say, all right, you're stepping into a role, and, well, you've never played before, but I guess we'll see that it'll be, oh, yeah, these guys have played before. Here's your film. This is what you did wrong. This is what you did right. And let's go from there. And so you're going to have a lot of guys there who have played, you know, especially on the defensive line, you know, some linebackers. Uh, Cleo Neves could, you know, come back. He might, um, move to a different position because Switzer, presumably, is coming back. Um, So, I don't know if Switzer plays that striker position or if he goes to inside linebacker, but him and Neves will obviously be two big returners in that linebacking core or striker, I don't know what to call strikers anymore. Call them linebackers. It's in that area. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you'll certainly have some experience coming back there, and obviously when you have you lose a big guy in Hunter Reynolds, but you bring Ike Larson back. Mm-hmm. And so you'll have a guy who's a freshman and will already have a significant amount of experience in special teams and in defensive snaps. So there's going to be a lot of young guys coming back. And look on the offensive side as well, you got Robert Briggs, Waylon Lapuaho. Those are guys who are going to have had experience as young players and will, you know, keep going. Could have, you know, three, four years out of those guys here at Utah State.
2: And Cooper Lagar?
1: Yeah, Lagarde obviously returning at quarterback, and I think you're losing Edwards and Jacob South, and I believe Dolphin is also – I can't remember if he was one of the – I think he is. I think they're going to lose four offensive linemen. Hmm. And maybe – I don't know if they're losing Poole though. I'm trying to remember. They had, like – I listed, like, I think, every one of the names in my preview. And I'm trying to go back and remember that. Because otherwise you might only have, like, two returning offensive linemen with experience. It'd certainly be interesting.
2: <laughs> not, Not a – not an area that you want to just totally start from scratch. Yeah.
1: I think I think, I think Wyatt Bowles, I think he's another one hmm. that uh, – Or, may, or am I, no, Cole Motes, that's what I'm thinking of. Cole Motes I think is coming back too. He's another guy who's uh, played a, a lot of snaps in the offensive line. So you could have, if I'm remembering it correctly, at least three offensive linemen with experience. Notable snaps this season
2: coming back. So that will be nice. Uh, 2947 with a follow-up text. If that's true – we were talking about Coach Anderson swallowed his pride and benched Logan Bonner, but we corrected him Says so the, the injury is what benched Bonner. So he says, if that's true, then Bonner's foot saved Anderson's job.
1: I still subscribe to the I don't think the start was Bonner's fault, but I'm in the minority on that one. Um, Cooper Lagarde did better than I will. I was initially giving him credit for. I said I didn't think he'd turn things around and you could argue there's a lot more to Utah State turning it around than just Cooper Lagaud, because Lagaud hasn't had a spectacular season. He's been good. Um, so I don't I don't think the turnaround happened because Cooper Lagaud came in. I think he helped. He definitely helped more he than helped. I w- more than I was giving him credit for. I I will admit where I'm wrong, in that Cooper Lagaud did better than I thought he was going to do and helped more than I thought he would.
2: Yeah, he he definitely helped, but there were more factors than just that. Yeah, uh, I I think that there the play calling became more flexible and more open. I think that the um there were some other you know defensive things that started to materialize a little bit more, but um, certainly there the, the biggest questions were in the offense early on that had us pulling our hair out. Yeah, and that started to change. Yeah,
1: so they they were one just a little more efficient on offense, and so that helped. They weren't. Always having third and longs, so they'd have a third and two, and they could run it. Um, well, and
2: you can see that in the UNLV game where it was the offense was more efficient and it was more open, but turnovers, turnovers is what killed the Aggies in that game.
1: And that's where Bonner didn't do very well. But the thing is, Lega has had some head scratching throws too. See, also this last game, <laughs> he had like three or four of them. Um, so yeah, like like Liga has helped and I was wrong in that sense. But being more efficient in the run game, having a defense that was making more plays, um, and not having to spend as much time on the field because of the offense. You know, I've been going to bat for this defense the entire year, saying they're better than they look at times. And they've now been given a little more room to breathe, and their impact is being seen even more. Even a game against San Jose State where they gave up 31 points, you look in that first half, they forced five straight punts. That's why Utah State had a 21-6 lead. It's because San Jose State wasn't scoring because the defense, after giving up that first drive where all of my worst fears were being realized in one drive, they stood them up for five straight drives, yeah. including one where they started on Utah State's 35-yard line and they ended up punting from their own territory. <laughs> yeah. So like that tells that you some awesome. of the stuff that the defense was doing. You know, even though you give up 31 points, and I think that's higher than their average, they still had a good game overall.
2: Uh, more of your texts coming through. We'll get to those, 435 If you want to weigh in, uh, as we recap the weekend, that was uh, men's basketball, getting some attention in the AP poll, uh, football, getting bowl eligible, getting that win over San Jose, a lot of good things happening. And, of course, Utah Jazz. uh kind of erasing their losing streak and getting back in the win column a couple of times. We'll discuss that coming up next on the Full Court Press. Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What
1: keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com.
0: Hey, golfers. Black Friday at Birch Creek is going on now. Punch passes, $150. All remaining golf shoes and clothing, half off. Golf hats, $15. A limited number of $150 punch passes will be sold. The entire pro shop is on sale. So for your golfer, I invite you to choose Birch Creek's Black Friday sale going on now. That's Birch Creek Golf
2: Course in Smithfield. With inflation at record highs, why buy new if you can repair your current machine? Daryl's Appliances factory-trained technicians spend hundreds of hours in training each year to ensure your appliance is repaired right the first time. You can have peace of mind. They offer no-risk service, meaning if you want to purchase new, instead of repair, you can apply up to $95 of your service call towards an appliance purchase. See store for details. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday.
3: Clean it up and get it out before the snow flies. Don't wait another winter. Let
2: D.D. Auto & Salvage pay you for that junk vehicle. D.D. Auto & Salvage makes it so
3: easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, D.D. Auto & Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204 today. See store for details.
0: The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
2: Join us here at The Fan and the Cache Valley Media Group as we try to help out the Cash Community Food Pantry. Drop off a food donation at their place, or even better yet, if you can, donate cash They can stretch those dollars a lot more than you or I can. So you can drop off a cash donation there. You can make a donation through their website or even through Venmo, at cash-pantry. That's at cash-pantry on Venmo to help out the Cash Community Food Pantry this holiday season. Uh, Getting back to the Full Court Press text line, 8798. By the way, I don't think I uh, would mentioned. It was eight nine six eight. Earlier, talking about eating crow, you and I definitely are eating crow this morning. Yeah, it tastes delicious. By the way, yeah,
1: it, was, it made it, it made a nice meal. <laughs> yes, it but was eight, very, it was a very nice evening meal.
2: Eight seven nine eight texting in. Um, easier to win games when your quarterback isn't turning the ball over four to six times per game.
1: Yeah, definitely, that made a huge difference. Utah State turned the ball over; they were one of the most turnover-prone teams in the country for a little bit. And the last few games, they haven't been. San Jose State being a, actually a bit of an exception there.
2: Um, They've gone two straight without any turnovers.
1: Yeah, which was remarkable cause, yeah, given their start, so and it, it was crazy that they turned the ball over three times, didn't get a single one from San Jose S- State, um, unless you want to kind of count the punt block, which is interesting how you count that because it was both a punt block and a punt return touchdown. Yeah. Um,
2: but it won't be considered as a turnover.
1: No, it won't. It doesn't count as a turnover. Even blocked punts don't even count as turnovers, I don't think. Because I think they just count as, unless you recover it yourself, maybe. I don't know. It's confusing. Usually they don't count those special teams. Yeah. things a lot. Um. So, yeah, and even if you did want to count that, you're still minus two in the turnover battle. So if you're being the most generous you can with how you're counting turnovers, you still lost by multiple turnovers. But officially you're minus three, and that's it's remarkable to be able to win a game like that where you throw away three drives to turnovers. One of them was in San Jose territory. We just threw an interception, and there, there goes a the drive. Could have had a field goal or maybe even a touchdown.
2: <laughs> yeah, give the defense a ton of credit, uh, and that's something that they've done most of this season is not giving up too many points in those situations when they're put in a tough situation where they have a short field behind them.
1: Yeah, there was a stat that uh, the SID for football, I think it was, it was Doug Hoffman, he, he was putting together. And it was something like 19 turnovers where, like, the other team's offense has, like, because there are some turnovers that were, like, pick sixes or whatnot that were directly points for the team. But turnovers where the other team's offense took over, I don't know if they'd actually given up a touchdown. It was something like 19 turnovers, like 15 points or something in that. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was ridiculous. Yeah, it's really low. Where you're averaging less than a point allowed per turnover where, obviously, the other other team's offense takes over directly. Um, so you exclude the pick sixes and uh,
2: scoop and scores. Scoop and scores, right.
1: So, yeah, it, it is amazing what the defense has been able to do. And I didn't really notice the training because it seemed like after every game... Colorado State, Hawaii, San Jose State. Each one of these games, the point was, well, they turned it over, but they didn't give up points off of those. And so it's, it's been a season long trend for them, and it's, it's very strong. So that's that's another thing for me. Again, I say I've been going to bat for the for the defense. And this is another, you know, feather in my cap in terms of defending them. It's like, look, this this defense is good, despite some of the raw numbers saying they're bad. And I'm not saying they don't have weaknesses. <laughs> they have weaknesses and they'll get shown up by good offenses. But they're a team that can make things happen on the defensive end.
2: Often better than what it looks like on, uh, on yeah. s- just by a, a stat sheet alone. Yeah, yeah, better
1: than just pure yards allowed per game or pure points allowed per game. You know, There's, there's an aspect of this defense that makes them um, underrated if you're just going based off of the numbers.
2: 6543 texting in. There are many teams that are bowl eligible in the Mountain West, but if you look behind the numbers – there have not been very many wins against very good teams. This conference could pull a goose egg in bowl games, just like the NCAA basketball tournament. On CBS Sports, they have, yes, uh, they have us playing bowling green, teams ranked 103 and 109.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, we, we've had the conversation about how bad we think the Mountain West is as a conference. And so I agree that it's very possible that you that the Mountain West, maybe not a goose egg, although that's certainly possible. Um, Boise State, well, Boise State, um, they might just have their bowl game canceled again because they're cursed. I don't think they've won a bowl game in like four years or something like that. But I don't even know if they've lost a bowl game in that stretch either because their bowl games keep getting canceled. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like last year, and it wasn't COVID, theirs got canceled because of weather. There
2: was weather, yeah.
1: And then I think maybe 2020, maybe they didn't go to books, maybe it got canceled or something um, because of COVID, and then something, something. I don't know. It, it's been a few years since they've won or lost a bowl game, even though they've been bowl eligible the whole time. It's just kind of weird. <laughs> They have a weird curse attached to them.
2: Well, right now Boise State is eight and three, Wyoming is seven and four, Fresno San Diego State also seven and four, Utah State is six and five, uh, Air Force is eight and three, and uh, San Jose is six and four. So nobody else really can become bowl eligible at this point. So the Mountain West has seven bowl eligible teams. They don't have that many official bowl tie-ins. So there's a chance that a Mountain West school could be left behind and not make it to a bowl game. So that's why it's important for Utah State to try to get some insurance this Friday and get have a winning record.
1: Yeah. I believe I did see that um, there were going to be – there may not be enough 6-6 six and six teams to fully, I guess – staff all the bowls that's not the right word fill it fill the bowls fill them so i don't think utah state's at tremendous risk of completely missing out on a bowl season even at 6 and 6 obviously that's a possibility as you mentioned not enough bowl tie-ins there's not enough slots but i think there's some bowls that would they would you know like to have utah state and in terms of bowl projections there's a lot of commonalities to where people are thinking utah state's going to go which makes me think they're pretty likely to go to a regional bowl, pretty close to uh, not too far away at least.
2: Four three five three three nine zero three two one. If you want to weigh in, love to get your thoughts about the weekend that was as we recap it on a uh, recap Monday here on the Full Court Press. Um, or is that the reaction? Monday. Reaction Monday. There you go. I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> uh, react to the things that happened over the weekend. Uh, Utah State football with a big win. Utah State men's basketball preparing for. Oral Roberts tomorrow. Uh, Utah Jazz with some big wins as well. If you want to weigh in, love to hear from you. 435-339-0321.
3: This is Chris from the Cater Shop Menswear store. We believe how you look is the first message you deliver. This also includes our floors at the store. Daryl at Chem Drive Northern Utah and his team came in after hours, cleaned the entire store, and had it ready to go before we opened the next day. I trust Daryl and his team from Chem Drive Northern Utah. Chem
0: Drive of Northern Utah. 752-610.
3: Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley Cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom West of DI and online at advanceheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are. Advanced heating air
0: This is Dustin with Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan. Whatever you do, don't forget to change the oil in your car. My team at Valvoline Instant Oil Change will get you in and out quickly. Stay in your car and relax all while your car is being serviced by trained professionals. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main in Logan, across from Angie's.
3: Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Service you can see, experts you can trust. You're first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the
2: opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe? And they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more
0: at lessolson.com. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cash Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
2: At Napa Auto Parts, you'll be more prepared for the cold winter weather with help from your locally owned friends there at Napa. You can get uh, ice scrapers and snow brushes. They'll help you install the battery and blade that you need for your uh, wipers that can handle this cold weather. Just go check them out. Preston and Providence Napa Auto Parts stores. Five different stores to help you out.
1: I was once uh, visiting my dad and it had snowed and my dad asked me, uh, you have a snow brush or ice scraper in your car? And I was like, do you know where I live? <laughs> I was like, of course I have one. Of course. <laughs> but he was worried about me. But I was like, yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I own one. <laughs> I live in Logan. I need to have one. Uh,
2: a couple of Mountain West basketball schools in action as we speak. Nevada taking on Tulane at the Cayman Islands Classic. Nevada leads 63-58. to 58. Uh, A little more than three and a half minutes to go in that one. And at halftime, Wyoming trailing Boston College 26 to 21 at the uh, ESPN3 Paradise Jam. And uh, so, earlier, I did see cool. earlier in the game Hunter Maldonado was taken out of the game and went to the locker room. So uh, Wyoming with a couple of injuries here, they're only a three and two on their young season.
1: Yeah, you lose Gramy; E. Kane, absolutely dominant post player. And then Hunter Maldonado, a very long, capable wing—you know, a guy who plays like a guard—and he's six-seven. Um, basically a kind of a better version of Sean Barstow. If you want to, <laughs> I don't know, I don't. It's kind of a slap in the face of Sean Barstow a bit. Maybe just a better shooting Sean Barstow because there's some there similarities in those two. Yeah, there are um, a lot in, in some of the stuff that they run because both of them will, you know, back down guys in the post and w- operate from there. Uh, one of Wyoming's primary sets is Hunter Maldonado in the post, empty on the side, and then just work from there. So there, there's some similarities there.
2: A couple other of uh, Mountain West teams in action later tonight in college hoops. Number 17, San Diego State, taking on Ohio State in the Maui Gym Maui Invitational. That'll be on ESPN2 at 7 o'clock.
1: Is that in Maui? I, I didn't hear.
2: Uh, just <laughs> I don't know. Their name doesn't quite tell us, does oh, it? It'd
1: be nice to include that information. Yeah.
2: Uh Air Force taking on South Carolina upstate. Looks like that game will be in Clune Arena. And then UNLV taking on Southern Illinois late night, eleven o'clock tip on CBS Sports Network in the SoCal Challenge in San Juan Capistrano, California.
1: Isn't South Carolina upstate just
2: North Carolina? <laughs> South Carolina <laughs> upstate. Like, (laughs) Um, Northern South Carolina. (laughs) I guess that would be too confusing.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe they meant, like, west, because obviously upstate New York is more, obviously it's kind of west. It is also north, but.
2: Um, One of the things we need to do on Monday is recap uh, the weekend with our pick six. Like, how well did we do in trying to predict the weekend and uh, just between different games and how different people would perform, so uh, let's go through it. See how we did. Utah State sacks against San Jose. The line was set at two and a half. Um, I took the over. You took the under. There were five sacks by the Aggies. Uh, jazz turnovers versus the Phoenix Suns. Set the line at fifteen and a half. I took the over. You took the under. The line and it was fifteen and a half. It was actually sixteen. <laughs> Very close. So that's two for me, none for you just yet. Uh, Boise State at Wyoming. Boise State was favored by 13.5. Uh, I took the over. You took the under. So you got that right. Wyoming, really, Wyoming should have at least tied that game at the end of regulation. Yeah,
1: they should have. That was a Wrong time game. to
2: be aggressive. Uh, let's see. Wins over the weekend by the Jazz. Set the line at point five. And uh, they won two. We both took the over. So we got that both right. Uh, San Jose State sacks against the Yaggies. Line was set at three and a half. Uh, they only got two. And uh, I took the under. You took the over. So I've got four. You've got two. Doesn't really matter at this point, but <laughs> we'll still read it. Ah. Connolly assists versus the Phoenix Suns. Line was set at seven and a half. We both took the over, and he had ten that night, so uh, I ended up with five, and you ended up with three. So that's was, a good, that's a good, good week, week for, for me. You. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, by the way, for those keeping track at home, the uh, extra, or the tiebreaker, didn't matter, but the tiebreaker was combined yards by Cooper Lega and we just picked a number. I had 212, you had 261, you had 280.
1: Yeah, so I knew I got that one, but yeah, I got the wrong ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, overall not bad. So we're, so we're both... which of
2: those kind of
1: surprised you the most? Uh, Utah State not giving up sacks, probably. They they did really well. Um, to, I mean, there, there were only a handful of times where Kupala guy was really under pressure. There were a couple he had to escape from where they ended up not being sacks. But, I mean, they passed protected pretty well. It wasn't a problem, him being under pressure, the way it was a problem against hawaii sure it happened that he went down a couple of times sure it happened that he was under pressure but it wasn't a problem
2: yeah i think i'm with you i think the biggest of those six that we predicted um, I, I would have thought even though i took the i did take the under at three and a half uh i was worried that he would be under duress a lot more than what he actually was and so give a lot of credit to that offensive line and to the play calling and Cooper Lagaw, which kept that defense guessing. Um, they threw a lot at them. Coach Anderson earlier today said that was uh, Saturday was the most complete game that this team has put together offensively. Just uh, how they used the field, used different players, used different options and actions. It was the most complete game Utah State's put together offensively all year.
1: Yeah, and you look at it, the last two weeks have been their most prolific games offensively. I mean since UConn, where they put thirty-one up on UConn, they put up thirty-four on offense, last two weeks or thirty-five. Um, so and obviously Hawaii, they score forty-one points as a team, but I guess I should take away well, like, twenty-eight points and yeah, and uh, thirty-four points. So still, two of the higher, more prolific offensive games for this team this year have come back to back. Granted, not against the most stunning. Great defensive teams, but San Jose State's not a bad defense. No. But Utah State's putting it together at the right time when it matters.
2: More on that. Love to continue to get your texts. Uh, We got one that came in. We'll get to that in just a moment. And what's the bowl situation looking like for USU now?
3: (laughs) I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. It's no secret the NFL is a copycat league. NFL defenses stole the famous Tampa 2 defense from the Buccaneers, and after Bill Walsh's success in San Francisco, the West Coast offense has made its way around the NFL. The same can be said for personnel decisions. Patriots dominated with a matchup nightmare at tight ends for years, but with Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady now out of New England, the Kansas City Chiefs have stolen that blueprint. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey have become one of the more unstoppable duos in the nfl last night the pair combined for three touchdowns over 100 yards and a win over the division rival chargers with success like that imitation is certainly on the horizon for the chiefs but when you look at how special these two players are we may just enjoy them while we still can because it might be a copycat league it's gonna be pretty tough to copycat that in kansas city i'm dan patrick and this is above the noise